0: Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I'm here with Jesse, and this is The The Jesse and Kelly Show. We bring you weekly outrageous conversations about current events, healthy and happy living, yoga and green parenting, fringe thought, and holistic alternatives, all in an easy to listen to style. After 10 years of saying someone should be recording us, we decided to record ourselves. Jesse is a yoga studio owner and teacher living in Northern California, and I live on a tiny island in the Caribbean where I do marketing part time and mommying full time. Grab a glass of wine. I'm going to put my toes in the sand for you and enjoy the show. Hey, Jess. Hey, Cal. How's it going? Really good. How are you?
1: I am still waking up.
0: Oh, yes. So for our listeners, I think that we should give you a little caveat. It is before nine o'clock in the morning for Jessie right now, which this is unheard of for her to be like having to do something so early. But I think she's going to do pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very hopeful here. I have been drinking this cold brew coffee that I warmed up, and <laughs> we're hoping it kicks in. All right. And um, yeah, it sounds kind of ridiculous. Uh, I am not functioning before nine a.m. because most of America is, I guess, but um, it's kind of like a lifestyle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not super great in the mornings. My mornings just start really, really early. So by nine, I'm usually like. I at least had two cups of coffee and I'm like starting to be normal, but, um, I feel you, especially since honestly, like we're doing this earlier today because usually we do it late at night, like after eight o'clock and I'm in the same kind of boat where I'm like, ah, my brain doesn't work. It's so late. And I'm like, I'm on fire. Right. And it's the same kind of thing where like the rest of the world is up until like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, it's 8.03. I got to go to bed. Like, <laughs> this is too late for me to be up right now. Different strokes for different folks. Very true. Like I'm much more I, of a early riser and a early go to better.
1: Ever since we moved, though, I've been getting up super early. So I've been up since 6.30, wow. but I'm still not functioning yet. So. All right
0: what else maybe it'll catch up with you
1: um, I hope so but cool. I do have to teach a class later tonight so let's hope I can still stay with it
0: I feel like you're gonna pull yourself together it's gonna be great
1: so I had a fantastic weekend and um, one of my friends came down it's actually both of our friends um, and I you know do you remember when we went to the mat counter and we were trying to get our faces super contoured yes Well, so I always have this obsession with like, I wonder what I would look like if I actually had a full face of makeup on, Mm -hmm. you know, like how much difference? I think that too. Um, About myself, not about you. I think that about (laughs) you sometimes too. Like Uh, I wonder what would happen if Kelly just had this whole white line down the bridge of her nose and then just massive bronzer on the outside edge. I always think that.
0: That's (laughs) what I was thinking was going to happen when we went to MAC is that we were going to come out and look like drag queens or MAC queens. Do you remember that lady that looked like an alien? In Mac? Yes. She straight up had
1: like the white line down the nose and then Mm -hmm. it was really, really dark on the outer edges. And then she had just this crazy eye makeup on.
0: I feel like when you're getting ready to work at Mac, you're like, okay, it looks like I have a lot of makeup on. Better put on more.
1: I think that when you go to Mac, you're like, I really wanted to just move to Los Angeles and be a makeup artist for some special effects movie, you know, (laughs) but
0: instead I work at Mac. (laughs) So
1: I'm just going to do it. I'm going to
0: do it anyways. I don't even care. I love Mac. I don't use all of their products, but I love their mascara. But I always feel slightly intimidated by the girls at the makeup counters.
1: Where they're like, oh my gosh, you do not know how to do your makeup.
0: Yeah, like, what are you doing here buying makeup? But I will sell you a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I, I feel like we got off of- on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> what I'm really trying to say is
1: uh, my friend came down and drew eyebrows on my face. Sweet. So what I have is German eyebrows. And what these things do is they grow up, they grow down, they grow sideways, they get curly.
0: Wow. And
1: they never stop growing.
0: You're like and... the Rapunzel of eyebrows? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. Um, so every now and again, I'm like, well, everybody else has really pretty eyebrows. And I'm just over here with my German eyebrows. So let's have somebody paint some eyebrows on for me. Mm mm-hmm. um, and so I've gone to like the Benefit Brow Bar and the girl mm-hmm. did him. And Kelly and I went to a concert afterwards and I saw an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and I thought like, like I didn't recognize him just because I guess I wasn't even thinking he was there or whatever. And then I, in my head, I was like, he probably didn't recognize me because of those eyebrows.
0: What's funny is I thought those eyebrows were out of control. But now like you sent me or I found the picture of them and they really didn't look that crazy it must have just been like so different than what I was expe- like used to seeing on you I think that's what it is
1: I think it's the difference so I put up on the Instagram a picture of my benefit brow bar experience it's in the top left the last post and then um uh my friend drew on my other eyebrows that I got, which were a lot darker, a lot more dramatic. Mm-hmm, definitely, I feel like they were coming down all the way to my cheekbones, but they weren't <laughs> really.
0: You know, well, that's but it's the really style st- right now is like a big, bold brow, and I don't know how to do it either because I have really small eyebrows. Natural. Well, I remember back in the day when
1: you know the style was super thin eyebrows. Right, like have one line big big of hair. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I think. Um, My mom told me once that whenever you get married, you continue to do your makeup just like you did when you got married because you just kind of fall into this groove and that's what your significant other, I don't know. I don't know if it's really true. My mom could have just made it up because she just (laughs) wanted to wear her makeup the same way. (laughs) But um, uh, I went out for a whole day in town with my new eyebrows, took them out for a test drive. (laughs) Uh huh. And the only thing I will say, like, first off, my friend is pretty artistic. So she drew them on. I don't think like I can barely even line my eyes properly every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that's something I could handle on my own. Um, and then I had this inclination to rub my eyebrows. But then the realization that like if you rub your eyebrows, you're probably going to have crap all over your face. Yeah. So,
0: so did she use a pencil or a brush? She used all sorts of stuff.
1: It was like eyebrow magic. Really? Um,
0: Because I fill mine in, but I just use a brush. I don't use an eyebrow pencil anymore because I find it to be too bold.
1: So she used a pencil... It looked more like a pen like it was some kind of fancy makeup and then so she kind of sculpted it out and then she brought out this like it looked like eyeshadow duo mm-hmm. but it's really for um eyebrow stuff and went back through it and then she used some of my like translucent powder to try and lighten it up because we're definitely different skin complexions right. and coloring so she had to try and lighten it up um And it was pretty fun. So if you get a chance, go on the Instagram and give us a comment of what you think of my before and afters.
0: (laughs) Your fancy brows.
1: Fancy brows. But the funniest part was she was like, what is going on with your eyebrows? They just go. And I'm like, dude, that's what I'm telling you. Like, this is why nothing really happens with them is because they're so crazy on their own. She's got the strong German brow. (laughs) I do. I do. Cool. Anyways. Uh, So Sobuary is over. We are
0: in March now. Tell me about what's been going on. So I had a good weekend, too. And um, we did our we were back to the Sunday fun day game. So we went to the beach. We had a couple beers. We went and watched sunset and had a nice little um, old fashioned rum punch. And it was really nice. It was I mean, honestly, like it's still really nice to do without drinking. But like. Halfway through the day, I look at Kirk and I'm like, you know, I know that we don't need alcohol, but there's something about it. Like just having a beer on the beach, it makes it like extra relaxing. And so, yeah, we're good. We're back in the, back in the booze game. Just in time for his parents to visit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question. You said old
0: fashioned rum punch. Yeah. What does that mean? So a regular rum punch is like shitty shitty fruit punch mixed with shitty shitty rum and that's like what everybody drinks like all the time and like they dump down the tourists throats and stuff but if you're smart you'll order an old-fashioned rum punch which is like made from scratch they use a little bit higher end of rum and then it's like um they use simple syrup and lime juice and they top it with nutmeg it's really fantastic cool it's like a grown-up rum punch Do you
1: remember when we were talking smack on Bing?
0: Yes. I switched
1: my web, um, my search engine that I use, my preferred one, and there's this one called DuckDuckGo. And it's like, they don't follow you and they don't put cookies and stuff.
0: Oh, that's cool. So how are you liking it? I actually really like it.
1: Um, It's easy to use. There's no advertisements anywhere. Nice. And like, it just works. I mean
0: do they have an images search like Google does?
1: Yeah, so it says web, images, video, and news.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll have to look it up because I'm I'm sick of Google. Google, I have to break up with you. Google
1: Schmoogle.
0: It's all up in so, the business.
1: What are we talking about today?
0: Today we are discussing um crystal beds. I'm gonna talk about postpartum depression and um going to give you a little beauty tip. Mm, we're also th- um we're also going to jump in with our first instance of yoga break, which is exciting cuz I'm so happy that you're actually going to be doing some yoga on the show. And of course we're going to talk about some food cuz we always talk about some food.
1: Yep. Food is good. Okay. Mhm.
0: Um but first,
1: I went to the movies.
0: What? I know, right? So Back in I'm in the, the t- day, Jesse would never go to the movies unless she had a flask of Jack Daniels. Please don't
1: judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not judging. Okay, so here's the problem. Um I have like a little bit of like what's it called? What's that? Social anxiety. Okay. So to go out and sit in the dark with a whole bunch of strangers is kind of weird for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the way that I found that was good when I was younger was to drink in the movie theater. And um, I did not drink in the movie theater, which apparently may be illegal.
0: Not here. We always bring a flask to the movies now. (laughs) But it's Well,
1: Um, they now have different theaters and stuff around um, like they have them in Roseville. When we lived up in Portland, they had them, which was really cool, where they do like the old school round booths and they bring you food and drinks and Ooh, that sounds you like watch a movie that way. Yeah, I know. it sounds great. Well, they put one up in Roseville, so um, we'll probably go check that out at some point. But I just stayed local and I went and saw Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> Ooh la la. How was it? Um, I, I, okay. So I haven't read the books and I haven't seen the first movie. So I was kind of coming in blind for (laughs) a second, you know, and I'm like, okay, well I can usually follow along kind of like, you know, law and order. You hear, Mm -hmm. you just like walk in halfway through and you're like, okay, I can get behind this. Um, And luckily, my friend was with me and she's just kind of like, oh, this is, you know, just kind of letting me know. Right. Well, so we set up and, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, I can do this. I don't have any booze, but I'm good. And right as the movie's starting, four people walk in and guess where they decide to sit?
0: Oh, no. Right next to you? (sighs) Yes. And it was two,
1: two couples. And because the girls wanted to sit next to each other. I sat next to a dude oh that's um slightly awkward through like a soft porn movie <laughs> <laughs> um and I was like don't be a jerk don't be a jerk just grin and bear it like you know you're here because your friend wanted to go here and we're like talking about moving seeds and I was like okay I'll just sit here and then anyway so the whole thing was um like I'm sure if if it matches the book accurately, I'd probably be like, uh, "This is kind of lame," mm-hmm. and put the book down. I don't know. It was just really slow and not very interesting. Um, there is this one scene where the main main gal throws a drink in somebody's face, and it is like the worst shot I have ever seen of a drink being thrown in somebody's face. Like, <laughs> like how I would do you watch make that it...
0: look bad? It's dramatic yeah, on its it... own. <laughs> It was horrible where I was like, did you
1: just see that? Oh, my God. Like, that was – they should have redone that. my goodness. There's no way they should have put that in there. <laughs> anyway, so – um, and I don't know. I was under the impression that all of the Fifty Shades stuff was, like, hardcore bondage or something.
0: In the books, it's pretty – Pretty it's intense? pretty intense, yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't really know, like – how intense that world gets, but for someone who had never known anything about it ever to read the books at, you know, that was probably like five years ago, I was like, wow, this is pretty, pretty kinky stuff.
1: Oh, well, in the in the movie, not to spoil it for anyone, but it seemed like, oh, one little kink thing and then normal sex. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while since I read the books, but I don't remember there being a lot of normal sex, to be honest. Whatever.
1: Hmm. Lodevs. That was my experience Hmm. watching soft porn with some random dude.
0: (laughs) That's pretty awkward. (laughs) So what did you have for dinner last night? (gasps) So uh, I made full madamis, which is um, an Egyptian recipe. It's like a traditional breakfast recipe that they make, but I make it for dinner. And it's kind of like chili. You make it with... um, Fava beans and chickpeas and you know the usual suspects, tomato, garlic, onion, and um put in some good spices. So it's and it's nice. It's like a nice thick chili, and then you top it with um a hard boiled egg and lebna, which is Lebna's is like super thick Greek yogurt. Mm. Yeah, it's really nice. And um I learned how to make it from my friend here who is Egyptian. And um, I made it for him once and he told me that it was better than his grandmother's. Oh, my God. I know. So funny story about that. So he told me it was better than my, his grandmother's. Then I got like this big head about it. And I was like, hey, everybody, I make fool better than Steve's grandma. And so we moved into this new house and other people were like, no, I make fool better, blah, blah, blah. So we decided to have a fool off. And so we invited a a bunch of people, a fool off. We invited a bunch of people. And I think five of us made our fool, our version of fool. And I had just moved into the house and I blew it. Like I completely blew the recipe. The stove when we moved in only had high heat. So I like could not get my onions right. I couldn't get any of it right. It ended up being the worst fool I've ever made in my entire freaking life. And I totally lost the fool off
1: would you say you made a fool of yourself
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> i would but kirk says i'm uh i got my touch back and he says it's delicious now and that i just had a really bad day that day what about you would you yeah. have for dinner um i
1: make this wonderful dish with spe- sweet potato butternut squash and pear and, mm. um, I made like a big batch of it so I can eat it for lunch today too, but you kind of like skin the sweet potatoes and then you cut them into rounds
0: Okay. and then,
1: um, you di- or you cube the butternut squash and the pear. And I, I used like two sweet potatoes, like half of a butternut squash and one pear and you put all that in a bowl and drizzle olive oil over it. Mm-hmm. And then you add some, um, crushed garlic. Like, not too much, but a little to make it interesting. Um, And then rosemary, and then you toss that. And then I just lined some cookie sheets with um, foil and put it in the oven like 375 for. About 20 minutes, flipped over the sweet potatoes, um, and then probably another like 10 or 15 minutes. And the sweet potatoes come out like almost like chips, uh-huh. like kind of crunchy. And then the butternut squash is super soft, and then the pear just gives it this little oomph that's really nice.
0: That sounds really uh, good.
1: It's so good, and it's a great whole foods, keeps you full. Um, so I'm excited about lunch.
0: Yeah, that's the same thing about the fool. It keeps you full because it's just like chock full of protein and that's why they I guess they used to eat it for breakfast is because it would keep you full all day so that sounds really good though I think I'm probably gonna try to do something like that so when you eat it for lunch do you eat it Do you heat it up do you eat it room temp is it kind of like a salad at that point I'm sure you could do it either way I'm gonna probably heat it up because I'll like it warm okay
1: cool um but I think I'll put that recipe up on the blog for everybody
0: including me thank you you're welcome <laughs> All right. Uh, are you going to tell us about the Healing Arts Fair? So, we hosted the
1: Healing Arts Fair this weekend at the studio. Cool. And with that, we have several vendors that come in um, a lot of like psychic mediums, pet mediums, um, tarot card readers, angel readers. I have a couple of favorites, um, and it's a really great group of people. So, my favorite is this lady that does aura photography. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had your aura photo taken? No, but I want to so bad. Oh, it's so neat. And I don't, I just, it was really fascinating. So I tell everybody, oh, you got to go get your aura photo taken. It's like 20 bucks. So people are like, oh, $20 for a photo of myself. That's kind of silly. But she does a reading afterwards too. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like all day long. Everybody's like, oh, let me see your photo. Oh, did you get it done yet? You know? Yeah. um, I got mine done, and the last time, so this is the third time I've had it done. But the first, the last time, it looked like kind of like angel wings, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like kind of shorter and reddish, and they all the different colors mean different things. Mm-hmm. But this one was just kind of magical. So I had all this bluish and greenish color at the bottom. And she was like, oh, that's kind of like you're on a sea of change, but you're just kind of going with the flow. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. So how
0: does it like, does she have a special camera or something?
1: Yeah. So she has a special camera and you put your hand on this little thing. It looks like a little palm, but it has these little like metal places for different parts of your hand okay and i'm just assuming i don't really know but i'm assuming that it sends a little bit of a, a wave through you or something or maybe it's just there to look cool right <laughs> <laughs> make you feel like something else is going on it's a fancy but, ruse <laughs> Well, honestly, there was a, there was a psychic there that I think did a slide of hand card trick on, on my friend, but oh, really? we'll, we'll get into that. Okay. Anyway, so you put your hand on this thing and then she takes your picture and then it takes about a minute to develop. It's kind of like a Polaroid, you know, so she pulls it out, pulls the top okay. thing off, takes a minute to develop and then she looks over it and, um, And then she kind of like tells you what's going on. So different colors, different shapes, like how close it is to your body, how far out it is, you know, different um, layers of colors. So a lot of times people get red and yellow, but they'll Mm -hmm. make like a tangerine somewhere and that means something else or they'll have red with purple. And that means something else, too. Cool. Um yeah. it's I love it. And the lady is so sweet that does it. Like She's by far my favorite. I think part of what the aura photography people do is they never bring up any type of negative association with anything. Right. So it's always like a very positive encounter.
0: Aw, that's cool. Yeah. I totally would love to do that. That whole event, like I saw your pictures on Instagram and I saw it the last time you did it too. It just looks like such an interesting place to be like in a room with so many people that have alternate ways of thinking like the conversations that must have happened like during the course of the day alone were probably like worth it
1: so the group that comes in is always a very nice group like I know a lot of the vendors as it's the second one that we've done um but the energy and the space was out of control it was like like, everybody was happy to be there. Everybody was engaged. There were a lot of people that came in, new people that had never been to the studio, people that had never been to a healing arts fair before. And I was like watching some people's minds get blown. Wow. Um, I know. I was like standing there witnessing it. I was like, this is why I'm in this industry. Like, this oh, that's is exactly so cool. what I'm. Just- oh my gosh, it made my heart sing. Um, but we did something different this year, too um, we had speakers. So every half an hour, like one of the different vendors would come up and speak about a different thing. And that's where I saw a lot of the shifting happen was people were like, you know, they might be waiting to go get, you know, their aura photo done or waiting for a different, you know, person to talk to. And so they had time and they're just sitting there listening and being exposed to this, these new ways of thinking. And it, it was fascinating. Um, My favorite part, we were so, so fortunate this time. Um, Have you ever heard of John of God?
0: Um, It sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you who it was, no.
1: Okay, so John of God is, um, he's like a famous healer. Um, Oprah has interviewed him. Wow. And... They are like, oh, John of God's coming. I'm like, I, I don't know who that is. Okay, cool. And so I, I'm talking to my sister and she's like, John of God? That's one of Gabrielle Bernstein's freaking um, like teachers. And Gabrielle Bernstein is a famous self-help author. If okay. you ever get a chance, um, Leaning on the Universe or something like that is a great book. I'm still reading it and trying to apply those concepts in my life. And... Anyways, so we're like, is he really coming because I looked him up and it it appears that he lives in Brazil and people travel to him to have like healings done.
0: But he's going to be at your yoga studio. Well, that's what I'm thinking.
1: And I'm like reading all these emails back and forth because this really fantastic lady named Jill kind of puts these things together and I just kind of house it and make sure everything runs smoothly and the facilities are nice. and that's all she said is John of God's coming. And then day of, um, they're like, it's John of God, like one of his people with crystal beds. And I was like, well, I don't care. I already said, I'm going to go do this regardless of if it's him or if it's one of his right. people, because John of God, I guess channels a whole bunch of different like spirits or what have you to help heal people. Okay. Um, and so then his people channel his teachings and his energy um it turns out the crystal bed is 27 pounds of amethyst wow so it's like it looks like a massage table but there's all these rocks underneath it and then they put like this light thing over the top and when you go in there they put on headphones so you listen to this music there you have something over your eyes but you can still kind of see the lights through it and then you're just laying on the crystals and holy crap, before I went in, this lady was coming out and she was like, oh my God, I came, I I was there and then all of a sudden I was traveling towards the light and then I had this vision of, you know, my children when they were young and playing in this thing and she
0: was like crying. Oh my goodness, and that I sounds really intense. Like, I was like,
1: oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like people are actually having some healing here. And um, so I went in and... Like if I could sleep on a crystal bed every night, <laughs> 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 well, I don't know how good it would be for me because I was just like, I was getting warm. I was feeling all of this vibration through me. It was pretty wild, but like you'd never get out of bed if you had a crystal bed. I don't know if I could handle 27 pounds of it because I went in for 20 minutes and I came out like I felt great and um, there, like there was no aches or pains in my body. There was some subtle energy work that had happened. I'll get a little bit more into that in a second, but um, it was kind of like too much energy, so oh. probably wouldn't sleep. <laughs> but I did think, oh, I could probably like carve out a place in my mattress and stick a crystal, and Richard you would never know.
0: <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Like, you know, what's to stop you from just like putting a bunch of crystals like under your bed? Um,
1: I I think you could put them underneath your bed. But I think that would be nicer if they were, like, in the mattress.
0: Well, and you have memory foam, don't you? Yes. Yeah, just stick them under there. (laughs) (laughs) It would be like the princess and the pea. Like, he would never know. It's true.
1: Richard would never know. That's the real kicker.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because I told him, I was like, can we get a crystal bed? (laughs) He's like, absolutely not. Dave Ramsey says no. (laughs) So I'm like, well, can I put some crystals in the bed? No. (laughs) Whatever. Just do it. He'll never know. So, I don't know if, like, I'm going to probably sound like a maniac right here, but I have a crystal sensitivity. So, if I walk into a store and they sell crystals there, um, and I don't know before I walk in, I can be like, okay, they have crystals here because I get this kind of fluttering feeling in the palms of my hands.
0: Wow. That's crazy.
1: I know. It sounds pretty crazy.
0: But I mean, well, not like I think you're crazy, but that's like pretty, that's like a pretty cool thing to be able to sense crystals with your hands.
1: Well, maybe in a former life I was like a crystal digger or something. So I had to anyways. um, So, you know, while I'm there, I'm already, you know, like we had tons of crystals in the space too. Like Tashi, this really cool guy from um, the Bay area, he brought up a whole bunch of crystals to sell, which I love having crystals in the studio. But so, you know, I'm holding them, I'm getting all their energy and then I walk into a room with 27 pounds of amethyst and I'm like, uh, okay, my hands are, are like tingling like crazy. And then I laid on the bed of it and it was just the weirdest experience. So by the end of it, it felt like, so pretty much you're laying like in Shavasana, right? Like in corpse okay. pose on top, my palms are facing up and it felt like a ball was bouncing back between each palm, kind of in a figure eight pattern. Wow. So it was just like the energy was balancing back and forth, and it was fascinating. But I've also gotten a lot of cranial sacral work done and fascia and trigger point release. And with some of that, it's really this subtle movement where, like, my massage therapist could be working, like, on my thigh, and then something releases in my knee. Oh, okay. And, like, really... Really subtle stuff. But I was also feeling a lot of that going on while I was on the bed. And it was definitely areas that I tend to like hold tension or maybe have an issue with. We're just kind of getting. So when
0: you were in there, were you like scanning or were you trying to like meditate? Did they tell you like where your head is supposed to be at when you're doing it? Or did you just kind of like allow it to happen?
1: I just kind of allowed it to happen there was no instruction it was just kind of come on this uh, come on the bed and then um she puts the earphones on you puts the eye patch and then just spends a little bit of time with like a hand on your um on your sternum and on your head and then at some point she leaves but she had kind of placed her hand there and I felt like there was still pressure there oh wow um and, you know, I had just as I was walking in, I heard the story from the other lady and I was like, whoa, should I have expectations or should I try and go to the light? Yeah. Or, you know. And then I was like, <laughs> stay no, away from just, the light, just breathe and, feel <laughs> and like, you know, listen to your body and see mm-hmm. what's going on. And I'm that's me in a massage, too. So I'm just kind of like trying to focus on my body and what's happening within it while that while I'm getting the massage. So I just kind of took that stance and it was really awesome it sounds Uh, like a
0: cool experience I I would love to do it all the time
1: (laughs) (laughs) but then yesterday so that was on Saturday and then um I went in and one of my students came up to me before class and was like hey did you go on the crystal bed and I was like yeah and I, I don't really know this student very well and she was like, well, what was your experience? Because I felt kind of funny.
0: <laughs> and, I'm like,
1: and I just said, like, then I come back with, well, I'm kind of crazy and I have a crystal sensitivity. So I was feeling all this energy. And, uh, and she goes, well, I, I left and I was feeling kind of like weird, but good. And then I went out to eat with my friends and family. And it was like I was more positive and people were feeding off of that and it was just a really good experience and wow and so you know it's going to affect everybody differently but really, she really um had a good good go at it Um, that's so cool I'm trying to think if there was anything else oh the sleight of hand trick oh yeah tell me so this guy tells my friend I don't really trust this guy first off you know how you get little reads off people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah not my not my preferred medium, I guess. Um, so he like kind of grabs my hand and pulls me over and he's like, I have a message for you. And yeah. I was like, yeah, first off, awkward. Yeah. Second. <laughs> so I kind of come over and I'm just like, I don't, I don't really do the psychic thing too much because kind of just living on the daily, trying to stay present. And if it's going right. to, if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And I'll just live fully until that happens. Right. Like that's none of my business. What's planned out?
0: Yeah, I've never been to a psychic either. I probably would, but I totally hear what you're saying. Um,
1: and I really don't want it to give me any limiting beliefs. Is probably the more important side of that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Like I don't want somebody to tell me, like, oh, well, in six months something bad's gonna happen, and then I'm over here freaking out that right with your months, something... impending sense of doom. Yeah, and then something inevitably. <laughs>
0: there it is <laughs> There,
1: Inevitably Happens because There I am focusing on it and putting my Energy there and man- manifesting It right So anyways he pulls me over and I was just Like I don't really want to hear whatever Message you have for me regardless of If it's good or bad <laughs> And, but then my friend sits down and he just kind of like lures her in and starts doing. She tells me later that he goes, okay, shuffle these cards. I was there for it. I watched her shuffle the cards. And he goes, you're going to have an ace, a queen, a king and a joker. Right. Okay. And so she shuffled the cards like several times, witnessed that. And then I walked away. Um, it turns out he flipped the cards and it was exactly those same cards. And I'm like, that's a freaking card trick. That's not being a psychic. Yeah. You know, and she's like, well, how? If you're
0: a real psychic, then you don't um, need to do things like card tricks, right? You could just blow somebody's mind.
1: I think so. I think that when I went to the Vietnamese fortune teller, she was pretty dead on and all she did was flip cards and stack them in different patterns and then give me a reading that way. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't any of this like, oh, I'm a psychic and I'm going to tell you what's up and then I'm going to do cards to show you that I'm legit, like that kind of thing.
0: Hmm. Anyways, that's all I got for the Healing Arts Fair. Sounds like (laughs) a really cool event. Sound like I'm super happy that you're able to host something so interesting at the studio and to be able to be surrounded by so many people that are cool and you know maybe the not cool people too but yin and yang <laughs> they're all cool. yeah um yeah
1: so I think we're gonna head right into uh, our yoga break all right. So we're going to be doing Utkatasana chair pose today. So for our listeners that are not in a moving vehicle, that they are operating, or if you just want to like remember what time this is on the podcast, so you can do this at home. Um, we're going to come up and stand up. Maybe Kelly can go live on Facebook. Oh, I don't
0: know. I don't know if I can do all that. The pressure. All oh, right. The give pressure. five seconds and I will do it. For you, my darling, I would do anything.
1: All right, my dear, the pose today is Utkatasana, and this means chair pose. It's also a powerful posture. So I want you to go ahead and look down at your feet. And you want those, yeah, be sideways, that's good. So you're gonna look down at your feet and you're gonna make sure that your toes are pointing forward right? So some people, their toes angle out or in. We're going to make it so that it's like the second toe is pointing straight forward. Good. And you're welcome to keep your feet hip width distance, which would be center of the hip down to center of the ankle, or you can walk them in. Just depends on if you, what you're more comfortable with. All right. From here, let's have you bring your hands to your heart. Good, and take a moment just to really ground into your feet, taking some nice deep breaths in and out. Good. And we're just gonna start to sit down like we would in a chair, just bringing your knees forward. Good, and we wanna make sure we can fill across the whole foot, right? So pressing it into what we call the four corners. So the outsides of the balls of the feet and the heels. Good, and then if you'd like, you can start to reach your arms up towards the sky overhead. Good, and for some people, this kind of hurts your shoulders a little bit. If that's the truth, you can bend at the elbows, pressing your palms towards the front and what we call cactus arms arms okay and so this pose takes a couple different shapes depending on your body some people like to start to straighten out the spine by tucking the tail down I personally prefer coming into more of like a back bend with it so reaching the tail and the head back it feels a little bit better in my body Good. And then, Kel, I want you to start to think about your lower belly. So below your belly button, like a couple fingers widths, you're going to draw that in. Good. Are you starting to feel how this is a powerful pose? Yes, it feels powerful. (laughs) Good. And then a nice steady breath to support all of it. Good. And this is chair pose. Awesome job, Kel. I hope the listeners also enjoyed it.
0: Can I come out now?
1: No, you got about three more minutes here. No, I'm joking. Come on out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. So if you guys want to check my uh, crazy live video (laughs) out on Facebook, um, you'll find us at the Jesse and Kelly show on Facebook. And um, yeah, that was fun.
1: That was good job, Kel.
0: Thanks. Good
1: job, you. So I think that you're gonna tell me a little bit about postpartum depression.
0: Right, so today I wanted to take the opportunity to discuss postpartum depression. Um, It's getting a bit of notoriety. I don't know if notoriety is the right word. It's getting some publicity. And I think that that's a really good thing because I think that for a long time, women have suffered from postpartum depression and I think there's a stigma involved in it any kind of depression, really any kind of mental illness. And um, I'm just seeing it a little bit more in the news. So postpartum depression is um, it's typically like any kind of depression or sometimes even anxiety that happens after birth. And uh, recently, Christy Teigen, who is John Legend's wife, She was on the cover of Glamour, and she's getting a lot of really positive publicity because she wrote an open letter about how she suffered with postpartum. And it got me thinking about me and myself and my own experience with it. And so um, I noticed that a lot of the articles that I read online about postpartum end in medication. They all say, and now I'm on medication, and I'm great. But I had a different experience because I really didn't want to use medication. So what what do they actually
1: prescribe? Is it kind of like Xanax, Zoloft, the all of the antidepressants that are Yeah.
0: My understanding prescribed? is like if you're having it would be like basically they would give you the same kind of treatment as they would give you if you're having depression and anxiety. Like classic depression and anxiety. And um Well, how does that translate if people
1: are breastfeeding?
0: I think that there are some That are a lower risk for nursing mothers than others. So my guess is that there are certain medications that you can take if you are nursing and certain medications that you can't take if you're nursing. Okay. So personally for me, first of all, I'm not, I'm no longer a medication person. I used to be in my old life. um, I would take a pill for anything. You know, I would, if I was feeling any kind of way, I would go to the doctor and want a pill. And so, you know, I've been on lots of different medications over the years, including antidepressants and anti anxiety medications. But right now, for who I am at this point in my life, um, taking medication was just not something that I really wanted to do. So, my experience with postpartum was um, I actually didn't get it until I was, my daughter was six months old when I started getting it. And I always thought, like, dang postpartum, like you're crying with your newborn. And, you know, you have a perception of what you think it will be like. And for me, it was not like that. Um, Like Christy Teigen talked about, she, you know, the way that it affected her was that she was just unhappy all the time, and that she had like a short temper. And for me, um, I felt worthless. Like hmm. I felt like I was trying all day, every day to be like this wonderful mother and this wonderful wife and this wonderful employee and this wonderful friend. And that just all of it I was failing at. And so what that kind of turned into was me fantasizing about killing myself. Like oh my all goodness day, every day. And I'm not that person. I've never been suicidal in my life. So some time passed and I finally was like, oh my God, like, I have postpartum. Like, I never uh, attempted suicide. I don't even know that I could really say that I was suicidal, but I was having suicidal thoughts. And it was awful. Do you think because it was
1: at six months and not, like, after the first month that you had these issues that it took you a while to connect that it was postpartum?
0: Most definitely. Because, yeah, like, I thought that if you're going to get postpartum, like, you'll get it right away. You know, you'll... Your baby's gonna be a week old and you're gonna feel your postpartum happening or whatever but for me i was great and fine for six months and then all of a sudden almost out of nowhere it just like hit me like a ton of bricks so for me i think that there were a lot of causes and the first and biggest one was hormones and i've always been a slave to my hormones like before i had kids I I just have like the worst PMS in the world. Like I remember telling my boss one day when I worked in an office, like, I need to go home. I am in such a bad hormonal place right now that I am afraid that I will like lash out on somebody. I need to go because I just, like I've always sort of had like that out of control feeling regarding my hormones. And so I think that it's not that big of a surprise that, you know, my hormones caused this crazy issue for me you know, after having a baby, which is the biggest hormonal experience of your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing about hormones is they're they're invisible. Like there's nothing right. that tells you that that's what it is.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like we can get some clues about hormones. Um, and like my personal experience, like now I know that like, obviously, my skin is a big indicator of my hormonal levels. Um, I have certain like, like heat builds in my body in a certain way when I'm having hormonal spikes that I've come to like recognize like oh you know I'm PMSing and that's why I'm feeling this anger because I also feel like a certain flush and heat that happens to me when I know like my estrogen must be spiking or whatever.
1: Yeah I I constantly have this thing like, where I'm like, I'm mad. And all of a sudden, I'm yelling and I go, wow, I guess I'm going to start my (laughs) period.
0: No, it's awful. It's really bad. Like, and like you're saying, not only are they invisible, but there's like, really, in that moment, not that much that you can do about it. Right? No,
1: no. Like, you just kind
0: of have to like, acknowledge like, okay, you know, this is my hormones. And maybe it's not so serious easier said than done sometimes right I know so the other thing uh is I was at that time Kira had gone through a sleep um they call it a sleep regression and it happens around four months and so I was so blessed in the beginning she started sleeping through the night at seven weeks and consistently did that until she was about four or five months old and then she started waking up every two hours So not only was I having like these hormonal dips and spikes, but I was just deprived of sleep, like waking up every two hours, never fully getting into REM sleep. And I really think that that had a lot to do with it. And then on top of that, too, you know, when you bring a new baby in, everything about your life changes, your focus completely changes. Um, You're no longer looking at sustaining yourself, you're looking at sustaining this little person. And so I think that all of those things kind of combined led me to feel this way, this awful, terrible freaking way. And so I sat my husband down and I was like, look, this is what's going on. Like, this is the way that I'm feeling. I understand that it doesn't make sense to you. And especially like, at the same time, I'm also like the happiest I've ever been in my life. So it's like this weird torn in half kind of feeling for me where I was like half of my life or half of my being is like ecstatic, like so happy and in love and just, you know, thankful for this beautiful thing that's happened to me and my family. And then on the other half of me, I'm like picturing floating in my swimming pool dead, you know? So I had to tell my husband, like, I'm sorry. I know that this sounds awful. I know that this sounds graphic, but this is what I'm going through. And I need your help. And so for me, that was like my first step in dealing with it. And so it took a little bit of convincing. My husband didn't understand. um, But he finally understood how serious it was. And the first thing he did was he told me to sleep. Every chance he got, he was like, are you tired? Do you want to go take a nap? I'll take the baby. Or, um, you know, if she was waking up three times in a night, he would offer... To, to get up with her, if he could, you know, I was nursing. So there was some of it that I had to do no matter what. But if he could get up with her and comfort her so that I didn't have to get up, even one time, it was a huge help.
1: They do say that sleep is um, one of the triggers for postpartum.
0: Yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that that is absolutely the truth. I think that it was just like a it's a I think it is a combined a bunch of things combined. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, like sleep deprivation is a form of torture. You know, they use it for torture. Yes. It's seriously real shit when you are not getting sleep or even if you are getting sleep, but you're getting broken sleep. Cause that's the thing he would be like, well, you're not up. My husband said, you're not up all night. You know, you're only up, you know, 20 minutes each time you're up. And I'm like, but no, that's the thing is like, I'm up three, four times. So you well, never get that deep, restorative, glorious sleep. And
1: that's why they say, like, don't use electronics at night either, because it'll trigger the active part of your brain and you won't be able to go into that REM sleep. Right. And that's where you actually go to rejuvenate the body. Yes. So,
0: so yeah, that was the first thing with sleep for me. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of give our listeners, if there's anyone who is feeling like me or has gone through this or, you know, in the future is going to deal with something like this. I just wanted to kind of give another side to the story where it, it always doesn't have to end in medication. Maybe it does. But for me, it didn't. And, you know, if you're the kind of person like I am, where maybe that's not the way that you want to go with it, um, you could try some of the things that I tried. Does that make sense?
1: Yep. I think that's great. And thank you for being brave enough to show your story too. like it. You know, it's not it's not a fun place to be for sure. And, right. you know, I'm your best friend. So I've seen you and all you've ever wanted to do is be a mom. So to right. hear that you're going through, you know, like this thing that you've had in your mind for so long that you want to do and that you are so excited to do. And then all of a sudden something switches six months in, you know, I'm sure more than just you have gone through this.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I see that's what I'm saying too. like, I see it even on just my Facebook feed, different friends that I've had throughout the years, um, you know, mention the baby blues or postpartum and you just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, whatever, and just like go on with your life. But it's actually a really big deal.
1: Yeah, I um, I think that yoga helps a lot with hormones too, just balancing the hormones. I haven't seen yes. any research on it, but I know within myself that it helps neutralize my hormones to like a – a calmer place for the most
0: part. Right. So that's the other thing that I started doing was first sleep. And then I had, um, I made time for myself. And the way that I chose to use that time was in yoga. And um, I had signed up for a gym membership when I was pregnant, because I wanted somewhere air conditioned to waddle. And my gym offered Uh, yoga classes so once I started feeling this way I was like okay I need to kind of like get back to myself like obviously I'm losing sense of myself and so I started calling my babysitter and having her come two hours early so that I could go to yoga class before work and I started making my husband wake up earlier after he had worked a night shift and he was more than willing to do that so that I could have the time for myself and so between that between getting more sleep and just carving out that time for myself and doing yoga, um, it took me about six weeks. And then I I started to feel like the fog had kind of started to lift. And, um, you know, I started to feel better. And I obviously I had a pretty easy time of it. um, You know, if that's all it took. And I understand that other women, you know, they struggle hard, like in different ways. And you know, maybe getting more sleep and going to yoga classes isn't the answer for everybody. But for me, it was. And so I really just I I really just wanted to share with maybe some of the other people that are listening that, you know, it doesn't always have to end a medication. If you don't want it to, then maybe you could try, you know, doing what seems right to you.
1: Yeah, I think that's really awesome to at least let people know that there are other ways that they can approach this before going straight to the doctor.
0: Or you can go to the doctor and remain under a doctor's care and tell them, look, I'm feeling this way. And these are the things that I want to try. And I want to see you again in a month. Or, you know, maybe you go see a therapist. Or maybe if you're a runner, you start carving out an hour in the morning to go running. Or maybe if you're a writer, you carve out an hour in the evening so that you can write. I'm just saying, like, for me, trying to, like, refocus even a small portion of my day on myself was huge. It was really huge.
1: And I think that's kind of a dynamic that happens. Like, you know, once you have a child, and I mean, mind you, the babies need tons of attention for, you know, just the first couple years anyways. But um, I've, I've witnessed a lot of people just kind of losing themselves in the mommyhood and thinking that they yeah. don't even matter just this little little one does. So I think self care is very important for everyone, regardless of what stage of life you're going through.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, it's really easy as a mom to lose sight of yourself because you're just so focused on what you're doing and your baby and everything that they need. And, you know, you don't You just don't, you don't even notice that you're not doing anything for yourself. But I think that you're absolutely right. And it doesn't, it's not just for people that have babies, you know, you got to, in your day, you have to have time for just yourself. Mm -hmm.
1: And so did you notice any changes? Like once you started implementing more of the self-care, did you notice any changes as far as your parenting as well?
0: Yeah, I would say, um. Because I was getting those little stints of time for just me, um, the time that I was getting with Kira was even more precious. You know, I would be in yoga class and I'd be, you know, three quarters of the way through and think to myself like, oh, I miss my baby, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So it was nice, you know, even though I was getting the time for myself, it also was like kind of rejuvenating me and my spirit to be an awesome mother and also ridding myself of those feelings of worthlessness, really did a lot for my mothering for my wifing for my friending i'm sure um just to constantly have that that narrative in your head that you're not worth anything that you suck at everything it doesn't do any good for any of your relationships
1: yeah i know that's a that's a really harsh mantra to have repeated in your head all the time
0: no doubt so that's my little ppd spiel and um I probably should just say I'm not a doctor.
1: Yeah. I'm not a doctor either.
0: I play your doctor. You do. On TV. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, I think we're coming into our first beauty tip.
0: Yeah. So, Cal, what do you got for me? So, this is actually kind of like not just a beauty tip, but also like a money-saving tip. Ooh. So... Um, I found a way, and actually a friend of mine told me about it, to extend your at-home manicure to like salon manicure proportions. So, you know, everybody's getting those gel manicures right mm-hmm. now, and they last like a really long time, right? Like a month? Yes. And But they're expensive. Like they're even more than a regular manicure and they also have to like file it off which i don't like
1: um out here they do some kind of like soak thing
0: right so they either soak it off so which means that you're like putting acetone on your fingers forever or you have to file it off with a nail file so either way when i got a gel manicure i loved how long it lasted i did not like the cost i did not like the removal process at all um and so here in antigua i really don't go get my nails done A lot of that is because we're saving money. Um, So I do my own nails. So my friend told me, Kelly, after you paint your nails, just put a gel top coat on the top. Hmm. And my nails last, my fingernails will last about three weeks and my toenails will last about five. Wow, five weeks? Yes. It's crazy. And I'm in the sand all the time. So it's not even like the kind of gel top coat that you have to use a light with. It's like a lightless gel. My friend gave it to me. I'm going to put the picture of it up on our Facebook or something, but it's called Essence the Gel Nail Polish Top Coat. Mm. Well, I think I need to get some of that
1: because my toes are always exposed in yoga. I'm always barefoot and I always think, man... I wish I could blow like 50 bucks every month to get my toenails. To- I know. It's so <laughs> glorious.
0: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's just my little, it's quick tip. It's, you know, I think that you can buy this stuff at the, at the drugstore or wherever you're buying your regular nail polish. And so just give it a shot. Instead of putting on a regular top coat, put on this gel top coat and then let me know if it makes your manicure last forever like it does with me. You know me. what I think people should not do?
1: Is use what? glitter as a top coat like the glitter top coat, because yeah. every time I do that, it takes forever to get off. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my trick for that is um, don't even fuss around with nail polish remover. Just go to the straight acetone, which is what they use in the salon. And you can buy it right by the nail polish remover, 100% acetone and a cotton ball, and it will take off glitter. It will take off anything. What do you think they basically? put in there, like
1: super glue with the glitter? And then I don't
0: know. know. But you're right, you cannot get that shit off ever and it like shreds the cotton balls. It's so gross.
1: (laughs) I'm always like, Oh, I want to put glitter on my says, No, I don't.
0: Yeah, it'll never come (laughs) off.
1: I'm all if you want to wear that all the way through summer, go ahead, Jesse.
0: Right, you want a long lasting manicure? Glitter. (laughs) But then it'll just be (laughs) glitter
1: and like some rugged looking pink or something.
0: Oh. And they'll get all cut in your hair. Hey,
1: but you yeah. know what's crazy? So all these people out here are doing um, this stuff called lip sense. I think I sent you the link for it. Um,
0: I don't know if you did, but I saw one of our mutual friends is like selling it.
1: Yeah, and I think my friend Lily is selling it too. Um but oh, cool. one of these, one of the girls I know put up a video. So she has like all of the lip scents, which is like lipstick that's long lasting and doesn't smudge off. Like that's, that's the shtick. Okay. Um, but I guess they make other makeup too. And so she put up this video of her in the shower with clothes on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And she had a full face of makeup on and she, she like starts wiping it off with a towel and nothing happens and she like puts her hand on her lips and rubs back and forth and shows you her hand and nothing happens and then she dumps a bucket of water on her head this is it's hysterical (laughs) maybe i'll i'll try and get a hold of that video so we can put it up but she dumps a bucket of water on her head and nothing happens and i'm like whoa
0: wait so how do you get it off no that's
1: my question
0: (laughs) like do you just live with it like oh you put on lip sense and now like welcome to raspberry lips for the rest of your life i don't know i don't really know maybe you have to use acetone but (laughs) ew well you would know what that tastes like (laughs) Um,
1: no i don't know how they get it off there's probably some like specially formulated thing that you have to also buy from the company but i was pretty impressed with it i guess um, wow
0: maybe like using a cold cream or like oil hey I heard from some of our friends. They're trying the oil cleansing. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. I made my husband do it. What did he think? (laughs) He said his skin felt really smooth and like for two days afterwards, because my husband does nothing with his skin. Like he does not use a wash. He does not use a lotion. Nothing. And for like two days afterwards, I was like, man, your skin looks nice. And it did. Like his forehead looked like so smooth. Ooh, a smooth forehead. I know. So smooth. Um.
1: Cool. Well, I'm glad people are trying out some stuff that we're, you know, showcasing on the show. Um, We didn't get any submissions for yoga answers to the human condition. Wink,
0: wink. I know. Like, what the heck, friends?
1: Yeah. Maybe you guys should, like, submit some stuff. Don't
0: you have some human conditions?
1: Aren't you like, oh, my God, I get so frustrated with me. Like, I have such a hard time sleeping at night. Yeah. Do some kundalini yoga, yo. No.
0: (laughs) See? This is what I'm saying. Like, all you have to do, you got problems. We may have some Put answers, them in our inbox. Yes. Put them in our inbox because Jesse could have a yoga answer. I could have an alcohol answer. <laughs> you never know. Oh, we are. We
1: got to tell them about this. Uh, the Jesse and Kelly show drinking game at some point.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't have it. Um, We don't have it. Like, Finalized yet marked out in pen yet but we've got it penciled and it's really fun And it's going to be teams too so you can be team kelly where you booze it up and you can be team Mm -hmm. jesse where you hydrate with water yeah yeah or coconut water (laughs) yeah ooh coconut water Mm. that sounds like fun okay anyways so i'm just gonna anyway it'll get you fucked up or hydrated or
1: hydrated um I think that about wraps up the show for today. Be on the lookout for some really awesome stuff in the future.
0: Yeah, this was really fun today.
1: Yeah, I feel like the coffee finally kicked in now that we're at the end of the show. At the end of the show? (laughs) I'm like, woo! All right, Jess, so what's your quote? This one comes from Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements. If you haven't read this book, you should read it. Um, Writing that down. Yes, please do. And it kind of came up because... One of my uh, one of my friends out here had kind of like a rough day. Um, she's a newer teacher, and she had somebody come to her class that really like intimidated her. And it's a thing that happens when you teach yoga. And so I just wanted to end with this quote by him. and it's out of his chapter on not taking things personally, which Guilty as charged. Most of us. Yeah. All of us are, I'm yeah. sure. But I hope you find a little bit of inspiration. in. Don Miguel Ruiz writes, nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering.
0: Amen to that.
1: Amen. Well,
0: this has been a lot of fun. Um, I love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. That sums it up for this episode of the Jesse and Kelly show. Want to join the conversation? We're hanging out on Facebook and Instagram, and there's lots of goodies on the